Today's scripture reading is from John, chapter 21, verses 7 and 8, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. The word of God for the people of God. So uh, a couple months ago, we started a new thing. We embarked upon an experiment. We started a, a Saturday night worship gathering. Every, every month, at the beginning of the month, on the first Saturday night of the month, we, we have a, a time when people gather in the chapel and, and we, we worship in a little bit of a different way. One of the things that we've learned as we've, we've been uh, doing this now for a couple months is that God has gifted this congregation with a, a ridiculous amount of musical talent. We have discovered that we have got some incredibly gifted musicians uh, among us. You know, when the band was getting together to, to practice for the very first time, getting ready for our, our first Saturday night uh, worship gathering back in October, uh, Pastor Christie and I just looked at each other and said, can you believe, can you believe what God has given us? The lineup uh, at that first practice was, uh, we had Pastor Christie uh, leading the, the vocals, Pastor Christie was singing, and we, we know what Pastor Christie can do with her voice. Kylie Minka was on the keyboard. Kylie is a, a professional musician. She is a choir director, a music teacher, and we know what she can do on, on the keyboard. We had uh, Rick Sadler on, on the drums. Rick is, uh, is relatively new to our congregation, so you may not know that he is a multi-talented, multi-instrumentalist. He can pick up just about any instrument and, and play it. He's, he's ridiculously gifted. Uh, and then we have Ryan Walker on, on the guitar. Ryan's family is here with us this morning. Ryan is not here with us this morning because a couple Sundays every month, he goes down to a church in Sterling Heights and, and leads worship at a church in, in Sterling Heights. He is a professional musician and, and worship leader. And when the band got together and started to play the first time, I, I turned to Pastor Christie and I said, it's incredible how quickly, how quickly God has brought this, this group together. And then I said to her, I said, you know, I have to confess something. I said, when when we decided to embark upon this experiment, when we decided to try this, this new way of worshiping, I said my biggest fear was that I was going to get stuck up there in the band. I was afraid that I was going to end up with a microphone and a guitar trying to, trying to lead worship up there. I said, aren't you glad it didn't come to that? Thank God it didn't come to that. And then Pastor Christie, she looked at me and she said, well, it's funny you should say that. She said, uh, the first Sunday or first Saturday in November, Ryan Walker is not available. Uh, and, and so she said, I'm already planning the band for November, she said, and we're not going to have a guitar player, and we need, we need a plan B. We need a backup plan. She said, guess what the backup plan is? She said, guess who plan B is? You're, you're it. 
And so immediately I started telling Pastor Christie all of the reasons why that was a terrible idea. I said, listen, you don't want me up there. I am a three-chord guitar hack. I said, I, I learned how to play the guitar in a week at camp 15 years ago, and I am exactly as good right now as I was 14 years and 51 weeks ago. I said, if you, if you put me up there with all of those more or less professional musicians, I said, it's not just going to be awkward. It's going to be embarrassing. I'm going to look ridiculous. I'm going to be like a bull in a china shop up there with all of these, these gifted musicians. I said, this is a terrible idea. And Pastor Christie, she said, well, she said, take a couple weeks to think about it. And then we had our first Saturday night worship, worship service. And the band was up in front, and I was standing in the, the back of the chapel, and as they were playing their first song and then their second song, and as they were making this incredible music happen, I was standing there in the back of the chapel becoming more and more convinced that Pastor Christie was out of her mind, and it was a bad idea for me to even think about standing up there and playing with those musicians. I, as I watched and listened to what they were doing that Saturday night, I became convinced that, that we, we needed to find a plan C. We needed to figure out another way to, to make this happen. At the end of that first service, I was all ready to, to walk over to Pastor Christie and tell her, I'm out. Find another way to do this. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrible idea. I was ready to, ready to absolutely bail on Pastor Christie and the worship band. And then Abraham walked up to me. Abraham, go ahead, wave at everybody so they know who I'm talking about. Abraham knew that I was going to talk about him this morning, right? You know, you know Abraham. Abraham is one of our middle schoolers. Abraham is, is 12 years old. Abraham, you know because he starred in several low-budget biblical productions down here in, in the, front of the front of the sanctuary, right? Abraham, Abraham was at that, that first Saturday night service. And at the end of the worship time, Abraham walked up to me like a man on a mission. Uh, and he said, he looked up at me and he said, Pastor Jerry, he said, there's something important I have to tell you. I said, okay, Abraham, uh, what's, what's that? He said, I want to play the drums. And I said, do you mean like, like you want to play the drums in the worship band? He said, yes, I want to play the drums in the worship band. And I said, well, have you ever played the drums before? Do you have any, any experience playing the drums? He said, no, but I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. And so I looked at Abraham and I said, okay, well, maybe we can, can get you some lessons and then eventually we can work you into the rotation and you can be our, our backup drummer. And Abraham, he looked at me, he said, no, he said, you don't understand. I don't want to be the backup drummer. I want to be the drummer. And I looked at him. I looked at, I looked at Abraham. I looked at this, this 12-year-old boy who had absolutely no experience but all of the confidence and enthusiasm in the world. I looked at this 12-year-old boy who wasn't about to let self-consciousness or the fear of, of awkwardness and embarrassment stop him from being a part of this thing that God was doing. I looked at this 12-year-old this boy who was ready to just jump in with both feet and trust that God would figure out the details later. I looked, I looked at Abraham and I said, Okay, God. I get it. I, I hear the message. I understand what you're trying to tell me. And so uh, one month later, we had our second Saturday night service. And, and that night, the band looked like this. Uh, Pastor Christie was leading the vocals, and Kylie was on the keyboard again. And I was up there doing my best with the guitar, trying to hang with all of these other musicians. And there was Abraham on the drums, banging away at that thing like he was born to play the percussion. Abraham, that night in worship, provided the, the heartbeat of our worship. And the thing is, the miracle is, it worked. It didn't, it didn't just work. 
work. It was beautiful. It was exactly, exactly what I needed. It was exactly the right reminder that, that this pastor needed, that, that God will work with professionals when God has to work with professionals. But God's plan A, God's modus operandi, God's preferred way of working miracles and making beautiful things happen in this world is now and always has been to work with enthusiastic amateurs. Do you know what that word amateur means? I love this. I love this piece of information. The word amateur, it literally means lover. An amateur is somebody who does what they do not not by by motivation of money or by motivation of fame. An amateur is someone who does what they do simply because they are motivated by love. They are motivated by a passion that they can't let go of. An amateur, an amateur is somebody like Simon Peter in this morning's scripture reading. So all this month in worship, we're following this this story about the the disciple, the follower, the friend of Jesus, Simon Peter. Last week, we heard the beginning of this story, right? So the story starts like this. Some of the disciples, seven of the friends of Jesus, are are out in a boat, and they're fishing. They're casting their nets. They're looking for fish, but all morning long, they're not finding any fish. And then a man appears on the beach, and he calls out to them, and he tells them where to cast their nets. And so they follow his instructions, and as soon as they throw the nets where he tells them the nets are filled with fish and suddenly the disciples they realize that the man over there on the beach is Jesus and in that moment when Simon Peter realizes that the man on the beach over there is Jesus he absolutely loses his senses now, the, the stories about Simon Peter in, in the Bible are filled with awkward and embarrassing moments, right? There's a story about a, a moment when Simon Peter decided he was going to try walking on water. And so in front of all of the other disciples, he stepped out of a boat and tried taking a couple steps. But before he'd even gone a couple steps, he suddenly plunged in the water up to his earlobes. And Jesus had to reach down and pull him, rescue him from the water in front of all of the other disciples. That was embarrassing. And then there's the story of of the moment when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, all of you, every one of you will abandon and betray me. And immediately Simon Peter jumps up and says, listen, Jesus, all of these other guys might abandon and betray you. But I, Simon Peter, I will never let you down. I will never turn my back on you. And Jesus looks at him and says, Simon Peter, he says, truly, I tell you, before this night is even over, you, Simon Peter, will deny me three times. So have a seat, Simon Peter. As a matter of fact, have several seats. And then it happened just exactly the way that Jesus said it would. And that, that was awkward. But of all of the awkward and embarrassing moments in the life of Simon Peter, I believe that no moment was more awkward, no moment was more embarrassing than what happened when Simon Peter realized that it was Jesus standing over there on the beach. When Simon Peter realized that the guy over there on the beach was Jesus, the first thought that went through his head was, I have to put some clothes on. I can't be naked in front of Jesus. Now here's the thing you need to understand. Back back in those days when fishermen were out working 
on their boats. They would strip off their robes. They would strip off their clothes. It was hot work out there on the lake, casting nets and, and pulling the nets in. The, the sun beat down, and there was no shade out there in the boat in the middle of the lake. And, and back in those days, people would wear these long robes that went all the way down to the ground. And so if you tried to fish in one of those things, the robe would get tangled up in the nets. It would get caught in lines. It would trip up your feet, and you would fall out of the boat and into the water. And so when fishermen went out in their boats back in those days, the first thing they would do is, is strip off their robes and throw them all in a pile in a corner of the boat. When Simon Peter realizes that the man over there on the beach is Jesus, his first thought is, I can't let Jesus see me naked. And so he reaches into the pile and, and pulls out a robe. Now, it wasn't entirely clear in this morning's reading, but the, the Bible doesn't actually tell us that Simon Peter put on his own clothes. It just says he put on some clothes. Chances are he was putting on somebody else's clothes. Simon Peter was in a hurry, and he only had a one in seven chance of reaching into that pile and pulling out his own robe. And so Simon Peter reaches into that pile of clothes and pulls on somebody else's robe and then tries to wrestle his way into somebody else's clothes. But of course, the robe doesn't fit, and he can't get it on right, and he's struggling, and time is passing. And finally, Simon Peter, he says, forget this. I got to get to Jesus. And so what does he do? He jumps, half naked, half dressed in somebody else's clothes. He jumps with both feet out of the boat. Why does Simon Peter jump out of the boat? Now, the Bible doesn't tell us for sure, but we can guess. The most likely reason Simon Peter jumps out of the boat is because right then, in that moment, what Simon Peter wanted more than anything else was a moment alone with Jesus. Simon Peter wanted to get to Jesus before all of the other disciples got there because he wanted a chance to fall at the feet of Jesus and ask Jesus to forgive him for all of the times when he had denied and abandoned and betrayed Jesus. Simon Peter just wanted one minute alone with Jesus. And so he jumped out of the boat and started splashing his way towards the shore. But of course, you can guess how that went, right? He was half dressed in somebody else's robe. And so the robe got waterlogged and and he couldn't move right he couldn't swim right and so he splashed his way awkwardly toward the shore while the other disciples just rowed the boat rowed the boat rowed the boat by the time Simon Peter got to the beach the other disciples were already there they'd had coffee with Jesus before Simon Peter even even reached the beach and so and so all of the disciples and Jesus stood there and watched as Simon Peter splashed the last few yards dragged himself out of the water and then stood there in in front of Jesus, half drowned, half dressed, dripping wet in somebody else's robe. That is an awkward moment. That is an embarrassing moment. It's also my favorite moment in all of the stories about Simon Peter. I love this moment because this is the moment when I love and admire Simon Peter the most. Every time I read this story, as I think of Simon Peter splashing in somebody else's robe through the water trying to get to Jesus, as I think of him standing there in front of Jesus dripping wet and, and half drowned, I, I look at Jesus, uh, Peter and I think, I think there is a man who is completely unselfconscious. There is a man who is unafraid of looking awkward or being embarrassed. There is a man who is not about to let anything, even his own fear and doubt and hesitation, stand between him and Jesus. There is a man who is completely motivated by the love of Jesus. And every time I read this story, I wonder, what would I be like? What would my life be like? 
Who would I be if I loved Jesus that much and trusted God even, even half as much as Simon Peter did? And sometimes I wonder, what would our lives be like? What would the church be like if we had a little bit more Simon Peter in us? And one of the things I've learned in, in all of my years in hanging around churches and being a pastor is that we let so much joy slip through our fingers and we let so much life pass us by because we are afraid of being embarrassed or feeling awkward. You know, we, don't, we don't pray in front of other people. Why don't we pray in front of other people? What happens when a Methodist pastor asks a room full of Methodists, is there anyone who'd like to offer up a prayer? Suddenly there's something really interesting on the top of everybody's shoes. And nobody wants to make eye contact with the pastor. Nobody wants to pray in that moment. Why don't we want to pray in that moment? Because we know we can't pray like the preachers on TV do. And we feel like we would probably look silly if we, if we even tried. Some people don't even talk to God. Some people don't even pray when we are at home by ourselves. Because I didn't go to seminary. And so what if I say the wrong thing and then God gets mad at me? Or God loves me just a little bit less? Some of us don't sign up for Sunday school or Bible studies. Because we're convinced that all of these other people must know the Bible forwards and backwards. And if I were to go to Bible study, I might raise my hand and ask the wrong question. And then all of these people would know that I don't know Abraham from Noah. And I would feel silly and awkward and embarrassed. We don't sign up for ministries. We don't sign up to ring bells for the Salvation Army or serve down at the, the soup kitchen because we're afraid we might end up in a situation where we don't know what we're doing. Or even worse, we might end up in an awkward conversation with somebody that we don't know. And so, we don't, we don't offer ourselves in service. On Sunday morning when, 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 when Alan plays the organ, we don't sing. We don't offer our voices in worship to God because we don't like the sound of our own voices and we're pretty sure nobody else would either. We let so much joy slip through our fingers. We let so much life pass us by because we are afraid of, of being embarrassed or, or looking awkward. Who would we be? What would our lives look like if we had had the love of a Simon Peter? If we had the confidence of a 12-year-old boy who's pretty sure he can figure out how to play the drums if somebody just gives him a chance, who would we be? What would our lives look like if we truly understood that God, God's favorite thing to do in this world is to make miracles happen with a bunch of enthusiastic amateurs? Let's pray. God, we pray. God, we pray that you would reach into our hearts and remove that doubt, that hesitation, that fear, that worry, that anxiety that keeps us from offering ourselves completely to you. God, we pray that you would fill us with the love that Simon Peter had for Jesus. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to jump out of the boat with both feet and trust that you'll figure out how to get us to shore and what to do with us when we're there. God, we pray. God, we pray that you would make us lovers, that you would fill us with enthusiasm, that you would help us to get out of our own way. In Jesus we pray. Amen.